Mia San Mia. Welcome to the Super Bayern Podcast. Bayern Munich faced Paris Saint-Germain on Sunday with a chance to win their sixth European title and to be only the second team to complete their second treble. It would be a fitting end to what has been a sensational Champions League campaign for the Bavarians. And though Hansi Flick's men enter the final as favorites, some worrying signs shown against Lyon have many questioning whether or not Bayern's defensive line will be able to cope with PSG's world-class attack. I'm Benjamin Scott. And today's episode is a bit different than usual. Um, We weren't able to get together to discuss due to time constraints and other factors, Um, but instead I've reached out to Garrett, Tim, and Sebastian all individually to sort of put together a QA and a type podcast. And it's something that I think despite not being what you uh, would usually expect from us, something that you'll really enjoy. And so I I hope you do enjoy it. Let's get right into it. And so for my first question, I actually reached out to Garrett. Um, And against Lyon, we saw that Serge Gnabry sort of saved the day. Uh, And it'd be wrong not to talk about how critical he has been to Bayern's Champions League campaign, especially on some nights where Robert Lewandowski hasn't totally stepped up until late in the game, sort of like he did against Barcelona. Um, So, Garrett, you are kind of our Lewandowski expert. Is there a worry that he's going to do the same thing in the final, that he's going to, I guess, live up to this reputation that he's sort of earned as not much of a big game player, or um, do you think maybe the added pressure of scoring to break the personal record of scoring in every match is going to end up being detrimental to him? I've actually been thinking a lot about how Lewandowski has played in the past two matches. So he didn't play poorly in the Barca match. No one played poorly. Uh, in the Barca match, I would have rated him around, you know, like 7.4, 7.5. He was fine. And then in this match against Leon, it, uh, again, not great, um, but clearly not bad. I mean, he scored in both matches. But the fact that he hasn't really shown up on the score sheet until uh, late in the match is a little bit concerning. And I guess it's not even so much that that he is not showing up on the score sheet. It's that there's been several chances in each match where he's had grade A scoring chances and, and he just hasn't put them away. So it's a little concerning that we haven't seen him be as clinical uh, in front of goal as we're used to, um, especially this season. That being said... Um, I think it's really important that we we do uh, not get too bent out of shape about his performance um, because Serge Gnabry is playing so well in these Champions League matches. I mean, he's the uh, third he's third on the list of goal scorers in the Champions League this uh, this Champions League campaign, and we're finding that Bayern can score in a in a whole bunch of ways. Uh, even if if Lewandowski is not um, scoring every every shot, um, so I, I I do think it's it's concerning, and it, and hopefully we'll start to see Lewandowski pick it up, and we'll start to see him um, 
his best maybe he's saving his best match for last um because uh PSG is going to be a whole different animal um i th- we we tend to think about them as this offensive juggernaut because they have uh, Mbappe and they have Neymar and they have Di Maria and um and and some of their other midfield options are 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 pretty good but they're actually a they're a pretty good defensive team as well and so we Bayern need Lewandowski to be at his best and um the 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 player that we've seen in the last two matches hasn't been quite up to the standard that we've grown accustomed to with him but he's still getting into dangerous areas he's still um he's still right there with chances and so it's I, I don't think there's any reason to be too overly concerned. Uh, what I will say, though, is like like I mentioned, he can't be missing these these wide open chances in front of goal um, when he's getting it served up to him uh, just on a platter. There, he needs to put those in the back of the net. Um, so it's it is I don't know. It's concerning that that we we have these conversations about how Lewandowski plays in the biggest matches but um you know man I'm I'm excited to see him in this PSG final uh because I I I really I feel like we're I feel like we're waiting on a big on a big game from Lewandowski and I and, and I and I really really want it for for Bayern and I want it for him to to have one of his best matches uh, here in the final. When I was going over to uh, Sebastian, despite the win versus Lyon, Bayern did show some signs of weakness, and I would say that was especially true at the back. Um, so my question for you, Sebastian, is was this a, more a result, in, in your opinion, of um, a mentality issue, maybe Bayern showed some complacency, or more of a result of Hansi Flick's tactical approach to the match? I guess I wouldn't go so far as to say these were uh, down to tactical problems. Uh, we have played this high line a number of times. It is, It has been the normal situation for a while now. Well, or at least close enough. Uh, we never sit back. We always kind of play like this. It's just what we do. Uh, I think uh, when we're serious about this, our problems really not don't come down to tactics. It is more about uh, certain mistakes that some of our players sometimes make. Uh, at least in this game, that's definitely what I saw. Um, I want to. I guess I want to preface this by saying that, uh, well, the media and I think people who watch Bayern games overall don't quite agree what was uh, on what was going on here, because when I compare uh, what two of my go-to sites basically say about this game, then uh, when we look at a, a number of players. Uh, Kicker, for example, thinks that Boateng was uh, very, very good. Uh, they have him as our second best player on the field after Serge Gnabry. Uh, while Thiago is kind of, well, all right, kind of normal level compared compared to the rest of the team. Um, while SofaScore uh, thinks that uh, Thiago was, I think, the best player on the field or close enough. Uh, while... Uh, Boateng was one of our worst players on the field, which is kind of interesting that, uh, well, these grades differ so extremely. Uh, I guess that happens sometimes, 
but yeah, it is pretty pronounced this time. Uh, I think those two were our main problem again. Uh, I think I already said this after the Barcelona game, but I'm again not really happy with those two guys. Thiago, from my perspective, uh, really, really could have cost us this game because there were several situations where this old Thiago syndrome uh, was going strong very much, I must say, uh, where he's just trying to make something special in a situation where what you really want to do is just get the ball out of trouble, uh, just make make sure the ball arrives at, uh, at another player who's got more space to do something with it. But yeah, that's maybe not the Thiago way, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, that was there was just too much of that. Maybe it is less so when he's next to Kimmich. Maybe that's a factor. I don't know. But yeah, for me that was one big problem. Uh, another big problem for me actually was Boateng. So I agree with Sofa Score here. He didn't look uh, quite on top of his game. Uh, he looked not like he's physically at one hundred percent. And also, yeah, he. I think he's also probably mentally struggling a little bit. Mm. Yeah, just not at one hundred percent. Maybe something's holding him back here. Don't don't quite know what it ma what it may be, but yeah, he's he's just not looking as good as he has been uh, over a large part of of the of the season. Yeah, now he's just kind of back to this old kind of problematic Boateng when we were talking about uh, do we need to do do we need to get rid of him. Uh, yeah, right now I'm just just not really satisfied with him and comparing him to Zule, for me, yeah, that, that just looks like he can't win this battle right now. Uh, the rest, I mean, we need to be serious about this. Uh, this Lyon team put up, put up a pretty nice fight, I would say. Uh, we can be happy that they, they didn't score as much, but yeah, it is just not such a bad team. Uh, they are pretty quick on offense, or they were pretty quick on offense in this game. So yeah, you you will have to deal with this, and it's just not so very easy. So this is, I guess, just uh, what's to be expected. Uh, so yeah, and you you just cannot expect that we beat everyone eight uh, with eight goals like we did this Barca team. So yeah, we just also need to keep this in mind that well, this is so many very important games in such such a short time span, and well, this is this eight two game. This is probably also kind of exhausting for you you it's hard uh to keep that mentality up completely so yeah that's not really concerning for me the really concerning part just were yeah mainly some issues with some players uh and yeah at the forefront of this there's Thiago and Boateng for me well Garrett Sebastian doesn't think that it was um a tactical flaws or Hansi Flick's high line that that led to Bayern's uh, mistakes against Leon that almost cost them um, a few goals early in the game, but that doesn't stop people from the outside looking in, really criticizing the way Byron played, and I'm um, kind of criticizing that high line and speculating, you know, whether or not that's the best approach to play against PSG, you know, with the likes of Neymar and Kylian Mbappe in in the ranks, just waiting to to exploit the space left behind in in that high line. So um, my question for you, Gary, would be. Do you think Hansi Flick should consider um, adjusting that high line for the next match, as a lot of people would suggest? Or do you think that, uh, why change something that's worked so far? Why not just stick with what has worked against so many teams? There's been a lot of, at least Twitter angst, amongst Bayern fans and uh, about this about this high back line. 
and and how how it, once someone's more clinical on the ball, Bayern are really gonna pay for that. And my my thought is, I agree. Barca had several chances in the first twenty minutes to to really uh, put a lot of pressure on Bayern. Leon had a lot of had had some good chances um, in the first. 15, 20 minutes. So I think the concern is right. I don't think that that the desire to change it is right, though. I think you make some tactical adjustments in terms of what do players on that back line do, um, maybe maybe how how they are they're thinking a little bit. In, in terms of when they're playing, but I don't think that you want to adjust too much. I think that making, if you you're used to playing with that high back line and now all of a sudden you push it deeper, I think that throws off the rest of what Bayern are doing and Bayern have been so good. Uh, even, even with that high back line and, and I, and I know I, I, I can hear it, but they're, they're going to get punished by it. Sure. We're playing with fire. I get it, but this is this is the Bayern squad that Hansi Flick has taken. Oh, it's like twenty nine straight or something like that. I mean, it's something crazy, and they've done it by not being afraid, by playing aggressive, by taking risks, and and honestly, it's produced a really fun, if if not sometimes frustrating. Um, style of football, and I don't want to see Hansi Flick change anything. I think I, I think at the at the minimum, or at the maximum, I guess, I would much rather them, you know, put in put Sula in in, in place of Boateng, and and then and leave it at that. Um, I would be okay with them putting Benjamin uh, Pavar and. Uh, right back moving Kimmich into midfield and whatever. I think those are changes that, that aren't going to be super substantial because, because at least in the case of Pavard, he's used to playing and, and he's missed a few games, but um, he came back, he came on uh, in the last match and, and I think he, I think he'd, he'd fit right back in. I, I don't think that would be a problem. Um, but I, but I think the second that you adjust your, your tactics too much because you're worried about what the other team could do to you, then I think that you've, you've gone a, a long way towards beating yourself. I just, I think the, the Mia Senmia attitude that Bayern, uh, you know, have written on the back of their shirts and all over and, and that we love. That's that's what I want to see win this match. I don't want to see Hansi Flick and Bayern get timid. I don't want to see them get uh, to where they feel like they have to go into a shell. I think Bayern, you attack, and I think you play that high back line. You allow Neuer to be at his Neuer best, you know, coming out and playing the ball and... Sometimes giving us all heart attacks, 
you you allow that to happen and if it loses it loses and and if you have to adjust it midway through the game because it's just you know maybe we're we're it's 30 minutes in and and Bayern are down two okay i i i just i just i love the the gamble i love the risk because i i think it it shows how much confidence that Hansi Flick has in his in his side and in these players and and i think it's the way that these players love to play the bottom line for me as far as the the high back line goes i would rather bayern lose this match because in us in us say we were just way too aggressive than to have Byron lose this match and we say we were too timid because those are going to be the two options I think I don't I I think we're we need to be concerned about PSG because it's by far the toughest opponent that we faced but I also don't think that they're so tough that I don't expect Byron to win I expect Byron to 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 beat PSG and so for me if they lose it's going to be either cuz they're too aggressive or they're too timid. If I got to choose I I'm going to I'm going to feel a lot better if we were just too aggressive. And so that's that's where it comes down uh for me. Well, Tim, we haven't heard from you yet. And like Garrett said, probably changing the back line, changing the the high line that Barn use against PSG may not be the best idea, especially since it's what's the what the team is so used to playing. But um, Garrett brought up the possibility of making some rotation, bringing you know maybe someone like Nicolas Sula or Benjamin Pavard back into the starting lineup for this final. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, Benjamin Pavard tends to have a little bit more defensive discipline than Joshua Kimmich when playing right back. So Maybe if he's fit, Hansi Flick should put him in to help him stay a little bit back. Um, they also add a little bit more defensive solidity with Joshua Kimmich in defensive midfield. Um, obviously, Nicolas Sula is a bit faster than Jerome Boateng, so maybe he could be used to uh, better catch up with guys like Kylian Mbappe and Neymar and Angel Di Maria when they get in behind. Um, I just want to hear your thoughts. Do you think Hansi Flick should make any um, lineup changes? I think if it was as simple as it is on games like FIFA or Football Manager, when you see that you have a really tough, uh, very quick, very um, very solid defender like Nicolas Sula available, because I do believe that he is kind of back to full fitness, I think it would be very, it would be quite a predictable and understandable decision to make to put him in, in place of the, I guess now quite cumbersome, Jerome Boateng, who's kind of like the problems that he had against uh, against Barcelona. There was like a couple of moments against Lyon. The fact that he only played 45 minutes against Lyon might be uh, some form of indication that he might not be uh, might not be the starter. In terms of fullbacks, I think this isn't the game where Hansi Flick needs to start making major changes. I think it's been something that I've kind of criticised him for uh, throughout the season. Um, he hasn't really given opportunities elsewhere. I think any substitutions or adjustments to the squad that he's made have come out of necessity. So Goretzka's playing in, in midfield with Thiago because Pavard's injured, so Kimmich moves out to the right and things like that. I personally think that 
what the that the defence that started the last two games against um against Lyon and against Barcelona and I believe against Chelsea, I think that is the team to go forward because you build momentum and it makes sense. Now isn't the time to start adjusting. I think if you've if you've come this far and you've got this winning this winning system, you need to keep it that way. By the same token, I am ever so slightly worried that a player like Boateng, who isn't as fast as he was, because he was one of the fastest defenders in the world, he, he he isn't as fast as he was, going up against players like Neymar, Mbappe, and and Di Maria. Okay, Di Maria is in his thirties now, but like he's still, like he's still quicker than um, than many others. That's going to be difficult, especially breaking through the middle, because the way that PSG are lining up now, Mbappe isn't playing as a winger. He's playing as a central forward that has a tendency to drift wide, having him against a slightly, I don't want to say immobile Jerome Boateng, but a slightly less mobile Jerome Boateng, that's going to cause a problem. It's maybe a problem that could be negated if you have somebody that is faster, like Nicolas Sula. However, the problem there, of course, is that Nicolas Sula isn't a faster sprinter. He has a faster top speed that then kind of gets into the discussions of like acceleration versus top speed and it's for another day. But it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. I think it makes sense to give Boateng the start because that's kind of what's been happening recently. I think that makes sense. In terms of whether or not Pavard should come back in, I think I can kind of see the argument for that, but I really don't think that now is the time to do it. I think you only have to look look back as far as the final from last season to see that Tottenham had this, not necessarily like a winning formula, but a formula that helped them win with a front two of Hyungman's son and, and Lucas Moura. And then for the final, they did away with that and they started Harry Kane at the expense of speed out wide. They had to play Deli Alley out wide and, and Christian Eriksen through the middle. And it just didn't quite work the same way that the slightly more dynamic forward two, forward two did. While Benjamin Pavard has been our starter for so long uh, as a right back, this isn't the game to then revert back to old habits just because it worked well before. I think the way that Kimmich has been playing as a right back, he has that fantastic mentality of, I don't care where I am on the pitch, I'm here to help the team win. I don't know. I, th- I think it really kind of depends entirely on the first half because I th- it's not necessarily a game that's like won or lost in the first 45 minutes. In the first 45 minutes, it is very much what happens in the second half that kind of sets everything in stone. I think like Liverpool AC Milan in 2005 is a fantastic example of that. But in, in my eyes, I don't think that, that they should change anything. The way that Bayern have been playing with uh, with that back four and with that high line, if they're comfortable doing it, that's fine by me. I personally would make changes. I would put Sula in. I would put Pavard at right back. But I'm not a manager. And Hansi Flick is clearly, he's got some form of idea of what's of what's going on. So I say we have to just let him do what he thinks is the right thing. And in my mind, I think that is going to be keeping things the same. I think one thing we can all at least uh, sympathize with what Tim is saying is is we should be trusting in Hansi Flick in whatever it is he decides, um, whether it is to switch it up 
or what is more likely to happen, whether he keeps the lineup the same um, or at least doesn't rotate in Benjamin Pavard or Nicholas Sula. But uh, Sebastian, do you think there are any other potential adjustments Hansi Flick could make to the starting lineup? Um, you know, taking into account who they're facing, maybe he wants to make a few changes in other areas of the pitch. Uh, just do you see him making any sort of changes heading into the final? I think the one position you could really think about uh, making some changes, that would be uh, the left side. Maybe uh, you could could think about taking Perisic off, but yeah, maybe this, this can hurt. Perisic has been known to uh, play quite well whenever I thought maybe uh, start someone else. So yeah, this this could really come back, uh, come back, come back to haunt me when I say this. But yeah, maybe this could be an option. But that said, I feel like uh, Flick hasn't really uh, prepared our team in a way uh, that this is a good option because uh, the obvious one would be Kingsley Coman, but he really hasn't hasn't looked so great either. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I guess I would have I would have thought that Kissons could maybe be a guy uh, who you might want to see in a game like this because he was uh, really looking like someone who's on the rise. But yeah, right now this seems to be kind of off the table too. So I guess uh, Flick's substitu- substitutions, which were uh, kind of cautious, I think, uh, haven't helped with that a, ho- a whole lot, I would say. So the only real option you have here uh, could, could be uh, Coutinho. But I'm also not really sure if I want this uh, because, yeah, Coutinho is probably not going to be the guy who's going to track back and going to be uh, fighting uh, all evening on defense uh, to uh, keep the the PSG offense in check. So, yeah, Perisic is probably more the kind of guy you want to see there uh, who you can also rely on uh, on defense, which is kind of what what you want here. Yeah, I think this is maybe the the worst thing I can say about about Hansi Flick's recent performance. Yeah, he's he's not developed a lot of good alternatives on offense. Uh, he has not given he's not given a lot of people a lot of chances there. And now, well, this is where we are. Coutinho has had his chances. Yeah, Coman uh, has had his chances. But apart from that, yeah, what about people like Hisans? What about people like Xerxi? What about people like uh, Batista Maya? Maybe these people could have been developed a bit more than they have been. Flick's substitutions have been so cautious recently. With uh, well, always having a sub on uh, in, in the back line. Uh, Bring Martinez, for example. I really like that player. Don't get me wrong here. But really, when you when you already won a match, and the question is who's going to get get this playing time? Is it going to be Javi Martinez or is it going to be Joshua Cerxi? <sighs> well, a lot of times for me, it's going to be Cerxi because he really needs he needs that playing time because he can really get better and he's going to be a very important player for Bayern for years to come, which Javi Martinez is probably not, maybe for a year or two. But that's already very very optimistic here. So, yeah, I guess. Uh, that's kind of the problem for me here. Well, just a couple more questions um, before we start to wrap things up. We've talked a whole lot about Alfonso Davies this season, Tim, and I think that's um, sort of for obvious reasons. We talked before the Barcelona game about whether or not 
he would be able to handle the, um, I guess, the threat of Lionel Messi and how he would stand up against him. And he obviously did a pretty good job in that match. But I can still potentially see Thomas Tuchel targeting him heading into this match and really trying to uh, count on his, his lack of experience playing left back as being a potential weakness in that Bayern back line. So how do you think he'll handle the threat of Mbappe, Di Maria, and Neymar heading into this match? Do you think he'll step up and you know maybe this will be the ultimate test of how good he really is at, at defending um, because he's obviously sensational going forward, but maybe this will be the real test of how good of a left back he is um, in this game. It is quite strange to have a player like Davies face the best player in the world in Lionel Messi and know that he still has an even harder job next time. Um, well, not, not so much next time, but in the final against Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria. So this is a very fluid front three. Any one of those players is capable of taking up any position across that front line. I think Davies, this is definitely Davies' biggest challenge. Um, because the way that the way that Messi's been playing for Barcelona, it is very much it has to go through him. He doesn't he didn't necessarily have the um I guess like the outlets that he's had in previous years. Like he didn't have like a really, really good fullback partnership like he had with Danny Alves a few years ago. Um, the midfield is somewhat disjointed now, so there's no uh, Xavi or Iniesta to kind of to kind of work with. The ball very much ended with Messi, whereas before it was kind of it was almost like up in the air about whether he's going to be the starter or the finisher of a play. At the moment, he has to like at at the moment for Barcelona, Messi has to do everything. Good though he may be, bit of an understatement. The fact that it's a necessity for him to be on the ball kind of worked to Bayern's favour because Davies is physically superior and certainly faster. So if Messi were to dribble past him, he kind of has that, I guess, that get out of jail free card where he has that opportunity to get back and get in front of his player again. Um, That's not going to happen with guys like Mbappe and Neymar. These are faster, stronger slightly not maybe not quite as agile but physically superior athletes to to Lionel Messi I think Davies versus Mbappe could probably be the two fastest players in the world uh, going up against each other save for my good friend Adama Traore this is going to be a huge challenge for Alfonso Davies but he's never shied away from a challenge the fact that you know last week he was facing Lionel Messi and didn't really seem to get overwhelmed by the situation. Yeah, okay, he couldn't, have, he didn't do as well as he could have. And his, I think, this is something that we've always praised him for. His defensive output is just as good as his attacking output. I think against Barcelona, it was the it was the attacking phase that uh, where Davies really shone. But if there was ever a game for him to show that he's more than just an attacking fullback. This is certainly it. It's not going to be easy. But of all of the defenders that Bayern have, I'm probably the most confident with Alfonso Davies facing off, uh, facing against, um, facing against that attack. Uh, it's, it is incredibly dynamic. There's no way of guessing how they're going to approach like in each Presumably they'll they'll be playing on the counter because they have that sort of speed and flair to do that. 
there's no way in telling whereabouts on the pitch they're going to be. And with somebody like Mbappe, who is just lightning quick, you need Alfonso Davies to be at the top of his game. And you can't have him pushing all the way up, knowing full well that he'll have to go straight back um, straight back into defence again. That is something that he is very good at doing. But at the same time, it's not a position that you want to be in because this is a team that are slightly more clinical than how Barcelona are. They're more clinical than how Lyon were. I think Bayern were incredibly lucky to to have a um, uh, to have a clean sheet against Lyon um, because there were a number of times that Bayern really could have been punished. And I feel that going up against PSG, specifically against those three attackers, that's going to be ever so slightly more dangerous. Could I see Thomas Tuchel targeting him? Potentially. Um, I think in terms of uh, attacking from wide positions with uh, Neymar and Di Maria, for example, I think those are very dangerous places. However, further back on the wing, you've got Juan Bernat, uh, who Bayern fans know very, very well, and Tilo Kera, who Bundesliga fans know very, very well. It is kind of a matter of you put all of your eggs in one basket, the basket being the attack, and not a great deal of support in defence. Okay, they've got guys like Kimpembe, Thiago Silva, Marquinhos, who can kind of effortlessly fill that gap between defensive midfield as a six and then again as a centre-back. Out wide, though, all of their attack, all of their attacking prowess comes from the people up top. So while Bayern have like the attacking force of Josu Kimmich and Alfonso Davies, and also Alaba, I really like the way that he's been playing kind of through the middle and also drifting wide. Bayern do have slightly more options in that sense. So in many ways, it's kind of three against, like three very good attackers against, I guess, five, six, six other attackers. It's going to be, it's going to be very strange. This is probably the biggest game that Bayern have had to face in a very long time. I'd say this is bigger than Liverpool because I think last last season Liverpool were clearly the favourites. I think they were always going to be the favourites because they were doing so well and Bayern were in a slump. Right now, though, these are two incredibly dominant teams. They're two teams that are dominant domestically but have kind of fallen short uh, continentally uh, in in the Champions League. This is a very difficult game. And while I was confident going into the Barcelona game, obviously I wasn't that confident going into the Barcelona game. I don't think anybody expected 8-2. I was confident going into it, and I was confident going into the Chelsea game. I was confident for the Lyon game. Against PSG, though, hmm, yeah, could go either way. But I'm hoping for a Bayern win. I'm hoping for a Bayern win. And that's all that I'm prepared to say about that. Well, there's just one more question from me before we wrap things up for this episode. And I'm, I'm first going to go to Garrett and then we'll ask the same question of Sebastian. Um, and that's this. This is a, a huge match, obviously. It's the, the chance for the treble. Not only Bayern's, um, not only that, but also Bayern's first Champions League final since 2013 when they won their last treble and also their last Champions League final. Um, so it's a huge match. And if you're Hansi Flick... Heading into this game, what are you telling the team? What are you telling your players as they approach this huge match 
uh, at the Champions League final against PSG. If I'm Hansi Flick, um, what I'm telling the team before this match is is to just give it everything you got. Mia San Mia, we're going to do what we're going to do. We're not going to let them decide how we play. We're the better team. They need to adjust to us. That's that's the way that I I look at it. And and if if I'm Hansi Flick, I'm telling them you exert your will on them. Don't play passive. You go out and you take it from them. You are the better team. You are you are the better players. And and, and there's Bayern's a stronger squad. Um and and look at look at all that Bayern has accomplished uh in twenty twenty and 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 look at and look at how much so so Bayern you know they just beat Barcelona eight to two and then PSG beats RB Leipzig three nothing when RB Leipzig played horrifically they did not play good at all not that PSG was bad and didn't deserve to win but we got to keep things in perspective but what was the what was the thing coming out of that all of a sudden Bayern's match against Barcelona oh well Barcelona's garbage and PSG is by far they're they're just going to destroy Bayern when they play them in the championship yeah screw that Bayern is the better team Bayern have been the better team and Bayern will continue to be the better team exert your will on PSG they will adjust to you that's that's my that's what I want to I want Bayern to do and that's what I hope that Hansi Flick is telling this squad heading into this matchup I guess that really is an interesting question uh, because well it is way more interesting and it is what we know from the movies obviously uh, that you come up with these great speeches uh, when you are kind of uh, the David against the Goliath or when you're kind of the underdog when you're kind of the team who usually loses and now finally shows up in that important final match and here it is kind of the opposite you're looking like the absolute favorite here you just beat Barcelona like kind of nobody has beaten him since uh, I don't know like the second world war or something I tried to look that up I think actually the last game when they lost higher than this was like in the 30s I, I believe so yeah I mean you kind of have the problem that what can you really say what what can you really add to that I, th I think you shouldn't do too much here because those people know what they can do those people know what's on the line they know what they are capable of so I guess the biggest mistake uh, you can make there is overdoing it really because well, I really don't know, but maybe this would be kind of what Pep would be doing. Uh, really overthinking this, really, really going too far with this, uh, try, trying to make last-minute adjustments where really you don't really need any, where you're just going to get all kinds of stupid ideas into the heads of your players, where they worry about stuff they really, you really don't want, to, want them to worry about. So I think really less is more here. You really don't want to overdo this because you really don't want to mess with something that's uh, really going pretty, pretty well, I, I want to say here. And I think it is really going well. So you really want to keep it simple. 
you want to keep it as simple as you can, I think. You, I think you would want to address these things that went wrong in the last couple of games, of course, but that's, these are just really small things. I guess what I would want to do maybe is you want to keep those other finals in mind. You want to keep this Bayern tradition in mind, I suppose. You want to think about uh, what your pine kids did. And I guess, uh, well, uh, not so much about talking to the players, but uh, I think you would also want to keep in mind that you don't take Thomas Müller off until you really got this thing in the bag. Maybe think about that. And then, yeah, try to learn from those mistakes, I suppose. Try to learn from the Finale de Horm. Maybe don't say it too loudly. Maybe don't uh, get your players to worry about that too much, too. But, yeah, I think that's what I would keep in mind. And, yeah, I would just really want to keep it simple. Give them the confidence. Do whatever they need to be confident. Uh, for them to remember what they do best. For uh, for them to remember that they are the team that has made it this far and in pretty nice fashion. And then I think you really should be fine. Well, as Sebastian said, Bayern do head into the match as uh, pretty good favorites in the eyes of most people. Um, and they have by far been the best team in Europe for the majority of this season. Um, there's just one game left. Let's hope they go out and get the job done on Sunday against PSG. But that's all the time that we have for this episode. Uh, we really hope that you've enjoyed this sort of unique approach to the podcast that we took today. I know it's a bit different, um, but we really wanted to be able to get something out there despite not being able to all uh, meet together and, and discuss together this this really huge game. Um, but if you did enjoy it, if you've enjoyed listening, or if you're a regular fan of the podcast, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can email us at superbyronpod at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter. Um, you should really be following us on Twitter anyway, so that way you can stay up to date with all of our episodes, especially after this big game. We'll definitely be having some stuff coming out pretty soon. Um, and that is at Super Byron Pod. All of our podcasts can be found on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're going to be there. As always, thank you for listening. Go out and tell all your friends, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah.